They won't even know. <laughs> they won't know. Okay. Um, I, I'm your host, Molly. I completely did not do an intro to this fucking podcast because I'm very much a professional. Um, I'm your host, Molly. She, her pronouns. And we have our lovely sound tech, Johnny. He, him. Everybody, how we doing? (laughs) 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 All right. um, Now with a live studio audience. Oh, yes. My very good friend, Emily, is visiting from New York. And I'm trying very hard to forget she's here, so I'm not (laughs) self-conscious. I'm a little sick, so forgive me. Um. yeah, so, Johnny, Yeah. do you know that people listen to this? Do I know people listen like, to this? Li- like, a, a couple. That's cool. Like, like literally dozens. Dozens? <laughs> oh, wow. Because you said people, I was like, oh, like three, right? But dozens? That's no. more than I thought. That's like a... Like, like, most of them, I don't know who they are. That's sweet. Hell yeah. Well, shout out to uh, the dozens listening. Shout, shout out, shout out to, to the, the literally like room full of people who have welcomed my voice into their ears. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Um, so you remember last episode, we were talking about how buys and envies love frogs oh, yeah. and yeah. mushrooms. Um, so our bisexual cohabitant was in the room while we were recording that. Um, so I guess this isn't our first live studio audience because we, we've had her. But she fades into the background. <laughs> Kidding. Um, so <laughs> she, she's incapable. She's ENFP. So she, she was like just on her computer minding her own business while we were recording. And after we stopped... She she was like, y'all, you're not going to fucking believe what I was looking at on Amazon right before you started talking about frogs. And she shows us this kawaii, like, <laughs> tapestry with a picture of a cartoon frog in front of a mushroom. It was the most bisexual thing to ever occur in this household. <laughs> like, first of all, that, that she specifically searched kawaii tapestries, like... That that's already bisexual. Like every female weeaboo is bi. Like I've 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 never met a female weeaboo who isn't bi. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what are we getting into today? Um. Okay. So Johnny, before I reveal the topic, I have a question for you. I have a query. Okay. Do you listen to Girl in Red? Uh no, I don't know what that is. is that a oh, band? Oh okay. Um. So Johnny is not a lesbian. Uh. Sorry to break it to <laughs> you all. <laughs> Johnny's not a lesbian. He doesn't listen to Girl in Red. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about signaling today, specifically queer signaling. And the question, do you listen to Girl in Red, is a very common way for WLWs to try to see if they're talking with another WLW. Um, she's a very popular gay singer. Um, you've, you've definitely heard her music because like, we, we, we play it in this household. Okay. Yeah. You, you got some sapphics living together. <laughs> You're going to hear some Girl in Red. Um, but, you know, I, I had this dream once that I was supposed to go on a date with Girl in Red and I couldn't find her real name anywhere. I still don't know her real name because I haven't bothered to look it up. <laughs> but I couldn't find her real name anywhere. Like, every time I tried to Google it, the Google would just shut down. And, like, like everyone I asked didn't know. And I was freaking out. I was like, I have to go on a date with her. I don't even know her name. And, I, I mean, the, the dream ended before I even got to go on the date. So it was just a waste of time. <laughs> but... But yeah, so so that is uh, one mode of signaling um, that sapphics these days are are using. Um, you see it a lot on the internet. Like people don't go up to each other in person. Like do you listen to Girl in Red trying to see if they're talking to a lesbian? Um, but 
like a lot of TikTokers if their audience thinks that they might be a queer woman, but they haven't like said so explicitly, they'll get questions like, do you listen to Girl in Red? Um, and like, like pe- people will get comments like that. Um, <clears throat> it, it is an example of a kind of signaling that um, like a lot of queer signaling these days is not necessarily always helpful in like accomplishing your mission um so to to kind of define what signaling is um all sorts of groups use signaling to indicate that they belong to a particular group and you will generally have an idea when you enter a space just wh- where you are geographically, what kind of community you're in, etc. You'll have an idea of whether or not people outside of the group are going to be able to pick up on your signals or if it's only going to be people in the group who are going to be able to pick up on your signals. Um, and so queer signaling a lot of the time is used to, on the DL, show other queers that you're queer without letting the cisheads know. There are areas and communities where the cisheads will know. Um, Luckily, if a cishet person does know the common signals, they're generally more likely to not be homophobic. Um, However, there are always going to be a couple wackos out there who, you know, study and want to spread hate. Um, And they'll they'll try to pick up on signals uh, in order to be homophobic. Uh, but for, for the most part, if, if you are signaling in an area where you think cishets are going to be able to pick up on it, it's less so a way to let other queers know you're queer and more so just a way to let everyone know you're queer so that it's not like a big conversation that, that you have to have. Like people just see whatever signal you're displaying and they move on with their lives. Like, a lot of people are very tired of just coming out all the time. Um, I mean, I, I, for one, feel like if you look at me and think I'm a straight person, that you have no business talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so uh, signaling is constantly evolving and changing. and a lot of attributes that would have been signals in the past are now pretty unreliable in determining a person's identity because a lot of things that were signals previously became trends that then the cisheads picked up on. Um, and ev- even like, like, like non-cisheads, but like members of the queer community who weren't part of the subgroup that the signal was originally meant for will kind of latch onto it. And then that signal just sort of becomes obsolete in its use. Um, and it just becomes a trend. Uh, so a couple forms of signaling, um, qu- qu- queer signaling, uh, we're, we're only going to be talking about that here. Uh, Because this is I have a query. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So aside from the general pride flag, like the six stripe rainbow flag, most of the various pride flags, like your average cishet isn't going to know what they mean. Um, So a lot of the pride flags, you can like have have a pin with the flag you can wear a shirt with the flag you can have the flag in your house and a lot of cis people are not going to know what that flag means and if they do know what that flag means they're probably going to be cool with it um 
the trans flag, unfortunately, the transphobes are starting to catch on to what it looks like. Um, and that's upsetting because people are getting harassed. Um, the lipstick lesbian flag, which is uh, the, the pink one that is most commonly seen these days, is becoming more well-known. Um, and femme lesbians especially are always at danger of being harassed uh, if, if they're being public about being gay. Um, but a lot of the other flags, people really don't know what, what, what they mean. Um, the asexual flag, like even people within the community often don't know how to identify it. Um, non-binary, pansexual, genderqueer, intersex, uh, the, these are all flags that, that like your average cishet isn't really going to be able to pick up on. Um, and in more isolated areas and communities, uh, e even queer people aren't going to be able to pick up on it. Because um, like, surprise, surprise, you don't just come out as queer and then know everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a, a lot of people are just like, I'm this thing, uh, but I don't know fuck all about anything else. <laughs> um, so, yeah, flags are a pretty good form of signaling um, whether you are trying to signal only to other queers or to everyone uh, dependent upon the community you're in. Uh, flags are really great. Um, Johnny, do you know about the pink triangle? I know the Weezer song. Yes, I, I fucking knew <laughs> you were going to know the Weezer song. Do you know what it means? Uh, no, I actually don't know what it means. Okay, so, so he's like, pink triangle on her sleeve yeah. shows that there's no chance for me. I'm dumb, she's a lesbian. I was going to guess a vagina. No, the, pi the pink triangle. <laughs> I hear pink and then, and then lesbian. I'm like, oh, it's got to be. So the, um, the, the pink triangle is not pussy. The pink triangle is a Nazi symbol that was reclaimed by the community. But yeah, so the Nazis, when they took various people into concentration camps would put patches on their clothes to indicate why they're being imprisoned. The most common one we know of is the Star of David to indicate that you're Jewish. Um, but there was also the inverted pink triangle to indicate that you're homosexual. Um, and it, it would was generally just homosexual men um, Johnny, can you do a quick fact check? <laughs> I, 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 I don't do very good research. Um, I, th I think it was really just homosexual men, uh, but Johnny will let me know if that's correct. Um, but yeah, so then the pink triangle, after many years, was reclaimed by the community um, in large part during the HIV AIDS crisis um, is when it, it was really being reclaimed. And it is a pretty common form of signaling uh, to show people, like, I am a gay. Are you a gay? <laughs> um, and so the Weezer song is about fucking Rivers Cuomo having a crush on a girl who he clocks that she has a pink triangle on her sleeve, and then he's like, Oh no, she's a lesbian. Um, turns out this song is about a real girl. She was a straight ally. So she she wasn't even gay. He he wrote this whole song about a girl who she she was just an ally. <laughs> um homosexual Jews would like their patch would be a star of David with the pink triangle laid over it. So like one of the triangle in the stars was what 
do I know fucking grammar? One of the triangles in the star was like the gold of the Star of David. And then the inverted pink triangle replaced the other gold triangle. Um, and that that is a symbol that you do see less commonly, um, but queer Jewish people have reclaimed that symbol as well. Um, and, you know, like, like so many things in the community, it is a very powerful thing to say this symbol has destroyed so many lives and I'm not going to let it have that power anymore. It's mine now. Um, and you know, a, a lot of communities do that. Um, and the queer community, because we are such a vast, diverse community, we have had a lot to reclaim, um, ev- even the, down to the word queer. Um, yeah, it, it's a trip. Um, so we, we did get confirmation from our live studio audience that um, I was correct. It was just homosexual men. Uh, who who had the the inverted pink triangle patch, um, yeah. So you will also often see people using pronoun pins as a form of signaling. So this is one that you really wouldn't expect a cishet person to just overlook. Um, pronoun pins someone sees you with pronoun pins, regardless of their identity, they're going to assume you're trans. Um, If you present in a way that they assume you couldn't possibly be trans because you can for sure tell, um, (laughs) then uh, they're at least going to assume you're some type of queer. uh, Because... Unfortunately, it is not super common uh, for cishet people to be good allies to trans people. Um, Most non-trans allies are at least queer themselves in some way. Um, But pronoun pins, if you are a cishet person, which I I don't think any cishet people listen to this podcast, but (laughs) if, 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 if they do, um, that could be a really powerful thing, um, would be to wear pronoun pins because it, it normalizes it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, even, you don't have to go so far as to wear it on your person. You could put it in your email signature. Um, you know, in Instagram came out with a feature recently where uh, you, you can, like, in, in your basic information, you put down your pronouns. You can put it in any of your social media profiles. Uh, just displaying your pronouns regardless of your gender identity, whether you're cis or trans, Um it it's something that really helps normalize it uh, because you you can't tell someone's pronouns just by looking at them. So another form of queer signaling that is now not nearly as reliable. Um, it's not something that the heteros have appropriated. <laughs> no, I, I I was the appropriated is too strong a word. I'll throw, I'll throw a sound effect in there for that. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No. <laughs> um, no, but but yeah, so so like <clears throat> kind of wild hairstyles and colors for a long time was a very like queer counterculture thing. Um but now a lot of sit heads are doing it. Um it's very confusing as a lesbian when straight girls have some gay ass haircuts <laughs> and I, I, like like first they call their platonic friends girlfriends and then <laughs> they get some gay ass haircuts and i i just don't know what to do with myself i'm i'm a simple homo <laughs> out here 
<laughs> trying to get some cooch. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, but the the one hairstyle that currently you can pretty much be sure a, a queer person is sporting is if you see a woman or like femme non-binary person with like a shag mullet there are some cisheads out there trying to look gay but <laughs> for 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 the most part if you see a shag mullet that's a queer person there are a lot of cishet men who have shag mullets johnny is trying <laughs> it's in progress <laughs> um but the, the, they're mostly musicians, like like the the normies. I don't think are out here <laughs> growing shag mullets. So if if you come across a man with a shag mullet who's not a musician, probably queer. Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm giving you all the tips to go and profile people <laughs> because it's it's always easy to assume. It's it's weird to me that like. So like members of the LGBT plus community are like, like oppressed and everything, and yet uh-huh. the trends—that's where they all come from. Yeah. You know? Well, so ev- even further than that, all the best trends come from Black queer people, especially Black trans women and Black drag queens. Like these are the most oppressed people in the country, and we just steal all their culture. Everyone, like. All, all of the gifts of of culture that they provide to us. We don't give them credit. We don't give them notoriety. We continue to oppress them. It's very sad. But on a later note, um, tattoos and piercings, similar to hair, used to be a very queer thing, piercings especially. Now, you're just a person. If if you if you're covered in tattoos and piercings, you you might not be queer. It's a grab bag nowadays. Yeah. You, never you know, septum piercings used to be like for sure, regardless of gender, that person is a fruit, a queer, of if some sort. <laughs> but now everyone has septum piercings. I I am convinced. That once you grow into your mullet, you're going to get a facial piercing. <laughs> Maybe. Um, where, would, where should I do it? Where should you do it or where would you do it? Because I've, I've never even considered getting it. You've piercing. never even considered it? Okay. I think what would look best is a septum. Um, even though I just made fun of straight people for, <laughs> <laughs> for ha- having symptoms. I, I I think it's a cute look on everyone. What I think you would do, because it's like a safer move, is probably a nostril ring. Um, so, <clears throat> one of my favorite forms of signaling is it's almost a language almost a dialect it's largely slang but almost its own language it's called polari have you heard of polari john Reno? i have not okay have you heard of punch and judy uh no you know me stop punch no 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 oh. there's so, so, some fucking puppets and Ju- judy beats up her husband um, they, they speak polite. Okay. Well, you are uncultured if you don't know Punch and Judy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so Polari is a British slang language and its roots are mostly unknown. Um, like they could Polari could have started as early as the 16th century. Um, but it was for sure in use in the 19th century and early 20th century. And then began to 
uh, decrease in use throughout the 20th century. Um, But Polari is a slang language that for a long time kept a lot of marginalized groups safe because they could speak in a way that they, they wouldn't risk being overheard by people outside of the group. Um, and they could also clock who around them was picking up on what they were saying so that they would know who is, is in the know. Um, so the people who, who use Polari, um, were some actors, uh, not generally not well-known actors, more like starting out on the fringe, um, circus and fairground showmen, professional wrestlers, merchant Navy sailors, criminals, sex workers, and of course the gay subculture. And so Polari as a language almost no one really speaks in it today but people do still pretty often drop little bits of polari into their everyday speech um probably the most common one that i have used my entire life and didn't know was polari until very recently is zhuzh you know, zhuzh, like, zhuzh up your hair. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Like, when, when I was a kid, my mom would tell me, like, like, c- come here to the bathroom. I have to zhuzh up your hair. Like, my, my Midwestern sis had as they come mother. <laughs> she, she knew zhuzh. Um, and th- this is a, a word that has its roots in Polari. Um and a, a, a common uh, phrase would be raya, style or hair. Um, raya is hair backwards. So a lot of Polari words are whatever word it is backwards. But zhuzh, for instance, uh, is derived from the Romani word zhozho, which I'm positive I pronounced correctly. Um, because I, I know all languages. Um, but a, a lot of Polari words come from French, Italian. Um, a lot of Cockney rhyming slang went into Polari. Um, it, it, it's, it's very much an amalgamation of all of these marginalized groups throughout Britain sort of coming together and creating this form of slang that is so elaborate that it might as well be a language. Um, and there are actually uh, some apps where you can learn to speak Polari. Um, remind me to look them up so we can put them in the description uh, if anyone is interested. Because um, I, I, I think I'd like to do a whole episode on Polari. Um, but I, I, I just want to go through real quick a couple of my favorite words yeah, sure. in Polari. Um, so a few others that like we, we use without realizing that it's Polari, bevy is drink. That's pretty common in Britain. You like, you, you'll hear people say like, oh, I'll go get a bevy. Yeah. You know, um, fruit, gay man. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like actual fruit for a second. I was like, what? But yeah. No, fruit is gay man. Um, manky, worthless, dirty. I, I, I've said manky in my yeah. day. Yeah. Like, what's the origin of it? Um, of that one, I mean. From the Italian mancari to be lacking. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, naff, which means Awful, dull, hetero. Oh. Yeah. You're right, Naf, Johnny. I've never heard that one, but that's good. Yeah, n- Naf is r- real common. Um, a lot of 
people. Um, so people who would speak Polari with each other in order to signal to others that someone who might be dangerous was coming, that they would say that like, like, Oh, he, he's naff. Like he, he's hetero. He looks dangerous. He's awful. Um, and, and it, it, it could just be boring. Not, not necessarily dangerous. Just like this is naff. Let's go, you know? Um, and one that I, I just learned today, mollying involved in the act of sex. You're living up to your I'm, name. I, I am not mollying frequently enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd like to be mollying more. <laughs> but yeah, but Polari is really cool. Um, and I should stop talking about it now or else it's just going to consume the whole episode. Um, okay. Johnny, uh, do you know which ear is gay? Like, if, if you have it pierced? I mean, I, I've heard people say which ear is the gay ear. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, so I thought I knew. I thought that um, left was gay because I, I, when I was a kid, I, I, I thought I remembered hearing this thing of, like, right is right like right history mm. um but no so apparently what's more commonly accepted um is that if you have your right ear pierced you're gay if you have both of your ears pierced you're bi and if you have your left ear pierced you're straight and um that th- this is o- generally only for men um, the, this code, um, and this particular form of signaling is kind of, I think, just a conspiracy theory created by the straights. <laughs> like, like the, yeah, the, the gays were not piercing their ears as forms of signaling. They, like, and anything that the streets could pick up on so easily that the gays had, had better ways of going about it. Um, speaking of better ways, have you ever heard of the hanky code? I have not. Okay. So the hanky code, I'm not going to go into it. Um, cause it could probably be a whole episode, okay. but the hanky code is, a form of signaling that gay men participate in often in gay spaces, but sometimes that they'll just do it in mainstream spaces just to like see if they catch any bites. Um, so the, the hanky code, you put a specific colored handkerchief in a specific back pocket to indicate what you're into and whether you like to receive or provide. So um, the, the side of your pants that you put it into indicates which, which end you like to be on receiving or giving and the color of the handkerchief indicates what you're into. Um, There are are various things, Um, you know, I, Standard, like, anal, um, blowjobs, urine, poop. <laughs> sometimes, I, I don't want to judge. I, I really don't want to judge, but sometimes, you know, I, I think poop is where I draw the line. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I, love, I love all of you, even if you're into poop. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like the, there are various things, uh, blood, choking, uh, you know, ev- ev- everything. Like, like wh- whatever you're into, there, there's a hanky for it. And there is also a lesbian form of the hanky code um, with nails. So it was inspired by the hanky code where femme lesbians would paint their nails a specific color 
and then they would have one accent nail um, to indicate what what it is they want, what they're looking for. Um, this was largely done by femme lesbians uh, because, you know, butchies don't <laughs> want paint on their nails. Um, and I, I, again, I, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it because it, th- this c- could really ble- be fleshed out. Um, but staying on the nails train, a pretty common form of lesbian signaling is keeping your nails short. Johnny, do you know why? Uh, because there's a lot of hand stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I think anyone encountering vagina should probably keep their nails relatively short. Um like I've I, I've seen some straight men with long nails. Not not you, Johnny. Others. Um, <laughs> I've I, I've I've seen some straight men with long nails. And I'm like, ooh, you're clearly just using your penis, <laughs> and that, that that's that's not okay. Um, it it should be noted that you can effectively use your hands in a comfortable way in in vagina sex if you have long nails it just takes a lot of maneuvering um and most of us don't have time for that uh so most of us we either have short nails or we're stabbing some coochie most people will generally only have two fingering fingers um, it will either be their first two or their middle two. And so a lot of sapphics will get manicures where eight of their fingernails are long and their fingering fingernails are short and they, they have dull edges and they're, they're going to be comfy for insertion. Um, so that is a much more reliable form of signaling than just short na- nails all around because a lot of people have short nails regardless of sexuality like the the majority of women straight gay whatever keep their nails pretty short um but if you have long nails with two very deliberately short nails it's it, it's clearly for sex and probably vaginal sex um so that that's a pretty reliable form of signaling uh where things like do you listen to girl in red are not mm-hmm. um and so to to close out this signaling conversation Signaling is an important part of queer culture. Um, It's part of our history. It has kept us safe. It continues to keep many of us safe in many areas. Um, And in areas where it is safe to be out and people know what the signals are, it it is a time saver where you, you don't have to come out formally People just know what's up. Um, But signaling is not always reliable. And if you feel safe to do so and you want to know if someone is queer because you want a queer buddy or a fuck buddy or whatever, if you are in a safe situation, you should be forward and ask them, um, tell, tell them what your identity is, see if they're comfortable telling you. If you are not in a safe situation or if you believe you might not be in a safe situation, do not take this advice. Your safety is the most important thing. And unfortunately, there are a lot of spaces 
in this world where it is not safe to be out. It is not safe to be explicitly queer. And in those instances, signaling is extremely useful. And in order to maintain your mental well-being while also maintaining your physical well-being, you will possibly have to resort to signaling in order to identify other queers and let them identify you. In a perfect world, we wouldn't need signaling. Um, but unfortunately, it, it is necessary in certain situations. And unfortunately, in situations where it is not necessary, it can cause more problems than it, it needs to. Um, so if, if you are feeling isolated and like you need to signal in the internet age, if, if you're a minor, please be extremely careful, <laughs> but in, in the internet age, you're going to have better luck making connections online than through signaling in person if you feel like you need to make connections with people. And then once you gain a better understanding of the community through the internet, then you can venture out into trying to find other queers in person. It, it is hard to be isolated and not have anyone around you who you feel you can identify with. And there really is no perfect solution. Um, but please be aware of the environment you're in and keep yourself safe. And that that's all I can say about that. <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Johnny? Um. I mean, I, you pretty much said it all. It's just sad that we live in a world where we have to, or some people have to, you know, use signaling just to, ex like, passively express a big part of who they are. Yeah. And we, we forget, like, like we, we live in a college town. We live in a liberal area. It's easy to forget that there are people who are essentially trapped in whatever situation they're in. Um, okay, are, are you ready to move on to something later from that downer? Uh, yeah, sure. What, what, what's okay. next? It's Queer Culture Quiz Time with oh. John Arvino. Oh, perfect. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Which iconic drag duo has a popular YouTube channel no, YouTube, l l let me start over. <laughs> okay. Which iconic drag duo has a popular YouTube show called Oh? I have no idea. <laughs> you <don't> <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard of Oh? <laughs> Is that actually what it's called? Yeah, it's 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 called oh I don't know how many H's are in it, but it's called oh Is that a good sound or is that like I mean it's 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 the sound that's being made. <laughs> what is this what is this show? Okay, well so it's 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 a YouTube show featuring a very popular drag duo. Can you think of any two drag queens who you would commonly see together? Do you know Emily? Come come on, Mike, if you have a guess. No. <laughs> um, yeah, who who the fuck hosts? Oh. I, have no, I have no clue. You don't know? Are they are they going to be a guest on I Have a Query? Oh, absolutely not. If, if, if I ever gain enough notoriety to have either of them on, I will simply evaporate. So it, it's Trixie Mattel and Katya Zamolochakova. Okay. I don't know who those people are. You don't know who those people are? You yeah. know who Kimchi is? Kimchi. Wh okay. I was watching Glow Up and you were in the room 
and kimchi came on as a guest judge and i was like oh my god it's kimchi and you're like oh my god it's kimchi no that didn't happen did it yes <laughs> maybe oh, let me look up kimchi how do you spell it k-i-m-c-h-e-e i think i i could be wrong M- maybe it's with an i not an e okay the food keeps coming up but okay kim kimchi drag queen <laughs> You love drag. You you love going to the gay bar and watching drag. But you don't know fucking okay, Trixie I, and Katya? I think I recognize. Okay, you you kimchi. recognize kimchi? Okay, Google Trixie and Katya. Uh, j- j- just tri- Trixie and Katya. You don't need the last names. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, here we go. Oh, oh, yeah. I think I have seen you watch this before, maybe. Okay. On YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Okay, so I filled that one as well. <laughs> we're I'm we're zero for three. we are three for three on Johnny failing the queer culture quiz. <laughs> he he is not a queer. <laughs> okay. Um. So Trixie and Katya are for sure the most well-known drag duo in popular media right now um they've both competed on rupaul's drag race as um like in 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 both regular seasons and in all-star seasons um trixie won i think her regular season it might have been her all-star season um they are by far the the most popular drag queens out there right now um and you know i'm i'm a fan i watch their show i listen to their podcast um i love them i think they deserve the notoriety they have that being said it is extremely unfortunate that the two most popular drag queens in the world right now are both white when we all know that contemporary drag has its roots in the underground black ball scene. I did not know that. You did not know that? You know, you didn't watch Pose? <laughs> I, I want to know more about this. Okay. The origin of this. We, we're for sure going to do a whole episode on like the, the ball scene of like the eighties. Um, because it, it, you know, like, like all, all of contemporary drag originated in that scene. Um, pose is a really great show to see what, people's lives were like when they were coming up in the ball scene um ryan murphy is a problematic king so perhaps also watch some documentaries um read some books written by people who were in the scene um but yeah i i don't think that trixie and katya deserve less fame than they have but i do think there are a lot of drag performers out there who deserve to be more well known than them uh because you know the white drag performers they they put in the work but they're not they tend not to be the innovators that the black drag queens are and all all of the queer slang and queer culture that like like 10 years after the black drag queens birthed them into existence they trickle down into the white cis gay community and then everyone get gets a hold of it. Um, you, you you know tea like gossip. Yeah. Black drag queens. You know Vogue, like voguing, like like Madonna. Mm. Black drag queens. Everything. 
everything came from black drag queens. And we need to give them the respect they deserve. Um, RuPaul is a figure who a lot of people will point to and say, well, how, how is it possible that black drag queens aren't being recognized when the queen of them all is black? That is a single person that that is comparable to when people said America cannot be racist. We have a black president. Look how that fucking turned out. Um, so ha- having one person in a significant position of power does not mean that their entire demographic is no longer oppressed. Um, and we all need to really give the the drag queens who are innovating the art the recognition they deserve. And I am going to do a full episode on this. Uh, so stay tuned on that. Okay. Do you have any parting words, John Arino? Oh, we're done? Okay. I, I don't have anything else. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Well, y'all can find us on Instagram at I have a query pod. That is query with two E's. And you can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss an episode. We are in the process of trying to get onto more platforms than we're currently on. So stay tuned for that news. Um, so that that's it. I love you. Bye. <laughs>